Hello, wonderful ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Sulia Podcast. My name is Safo Kwame Ohineba, and on today's episode of the Sulia Podcast, we have a special interview with a special someone. One of the guys making a name for himself in the Ghanaian sports journalism industry. His name is Ivan Sofuchumensa, aka Pichichi. And on today's episode, he tells us about what his journey has been so far and what's the road that lies ahead of him. We also branch and talk about the Ghanaian Premier League, the Ghana football. What is wrong with Ghana football? What is right about Ghana football? What can be done about Ghana football? And then we touch a little bit on the Ghana Black Stars game against Madagascar. We then end up finishing this whole episode on the treble winning Manchester City. What a campaign, what a season it has been for Manchester City. Pichichi waiting on that and what he thinks that means for the legacy of Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. Lovely ladies and gentlemen, I do this episode with Kobe Osam, aka Scobot. Welcome once again to another episode of the Sulia Podcast. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down. They generate into something fool. We just got tired of doing what you told us to do. That's a brace, boy. Yeah. That's a brace, little man. Break it down. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Sulia Podcast. On today's episode of the Sulia Podcast, Myself and Kobe have a very special guest. I mean, the Don Colion of sports when it comes to Ghana right now. There's nobody other than Evans Ofotu Mensa Pichichi. Yeah. Hello, Pichichi, Pichichi, Pichichi. What's up? What's up? What's up? Oh, well, guys, I'm very excited to be on the show. Um, the name is kind of exciting. <laughs> oh, the Sulia, Sulia, yeah, I don't even know. How did we even come up with that? We just woke mm-hmm. up one day and then just said Sulia podcast and just went, out, just went along with it. Yeah. yeah. So, for, so, for those who don't know who Pichichi is, Pichichi is a broadcast journalist with CTFM, one of the top guys we have in the industry right now. Prior to City, he was a class. I used to listen to this guy every morning. Like, Aquaba Ukrainian every morning. He's come to give sports news at Pichichi, Pichichi, Pichichi. So, Pichichi, brief us on. Firstly, where did the name Pichichi come up from? How did you get into sports journalism? And how are you finding it right now? Well, I think with the name Pichichi, it was around when the Spanish Liga was beginning to gain popularity. In Ghana, uh, I think that TV3 was showing some of the live La Liga matches around the mid 2000s. And uh, I think the way to my friend, we got to hear the name to see if he was the top scorer of the La Liga. Mm-hmm. And so during our normal 
um, football matches, these five or five games and all that. I go to four more goals there. And then everyone started calling me, she, 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 she. And before I know it, the name gets stuck. So from home, my dad called me to see, see. Um, friends, uh, lots of people, my aunties and all that. And it's <laughs> stuck. So now, like, from university days and that. Here I am still using the brand to see, see. And it's getting stronger and stronger. With how I started, I think just uh, as every normal sports lover, um, I was always interested in how to be a sports journalist. I think that during my senior high school days at uh, summer secondary school, all those who know me then knew how I love to record the results, analyze the matches and all that, from football to volleyball then to basketball and all that okay. and so when i go to the university of ghana i think before then i had i heard about radio universe oh okay so, you, so you're I also part of the radio universe alumni exactly exactly it's a long list it's, it's a, a long list, list. I, so I mean level 100 yes <laughs> just when i got on campus later on in i think um, that was 2012 what i did to do was to look for the location of radio universe Mm-hmm. And so I went there, and then I spoke to the uh, universe, one of the universe staff, that, okay, I'm a level 100 student, how do I join this um, station, because I want to be a journalist. And he was like, okay, I need to submit my CV, and then add, and then add my results, because based on the results, they either invite me to come or not, because they don't want me to miss out on my academics. Yeah. So, I need to submit a good result so that they will get to know that okay, if I combine the radio and academics, it will be a huge worry. But here I was, 700 boards. I've not written an exam. I've not written any exams yet. So how do I attach the results yeah. to my CV? <laughs> yeah. so I, him, I, have, I don't have any results because I've not written any exams yet. But I was like, it's very important I add the results. I think the first term or a first semester, I guess, the first semester results will be important for them to know whether I can combine the two, academic and radio. Yeah. And so I just had to keep my tab on. And after my first results came out, I submitted the um, CV and then my results as well. And then fast forward, I was uh, called for an interview. And so I went for the interview, told them about what I wanted to become. I was raw, I was in my raw form. So they'll give you a very interesting interview where you are given some script to read, you don't have the flair, you just know how to read, but later I just realized that how you read normal reading and how you read sports are quite different yeah. and all that. So I think I had to wait to level 200 to apply again because oh, okay. the first time they thought you were uh, not ready. I was already and all that. So go back and polish yourself and come back. And so level 200, I I applied again, just around with the a better style to my reading and all that. Mm-hmm. And then here yeah, I was, I joined the selected 50. I think it was 50 then. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and then um, we went through some sort of orientation. So mm-hmm. I got to meet the station manager, Alaji Abu Bakr. Alaji, Alaji, that's my big dog. A very long story, but I was added to the fourth team. We had Elikondo, who is now with Star Times. Okay. Elikondo was my head of course. And I had just missed out on George Virginia, leaving for Joy. Joy. 
Exactly. If I joined level hundred, I would have met him then. No. But he had just left when um, you got to. I joined the team, so I met in the condo and then a couple of guys. Um, Duke, so so um, there was a couple of Ishmaelate, Philip Asiao. This was some of them have moved on to other areas. Philip is still at Asiao Radio, and so yeah, I was with the team, and then I met most of the guys there. So. It was a new team of, you know, diversity. Byron Felix, mm-hmm. uh, who is now one of the biggest bloggers to uh, Most of the guys are Joy FM, Adada Maxwell, um, uh, Akable. Yeah. And then we were told about some of the former students as well, the Canada's Lake and all that. Yeah. We, so, we were told the past students of the mm-hmm. station. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to aspire to be like them, you need to. Tells me that there's someone out there you can watch and all that. So I I I I enjoyed my moments there. I think it was a good learning time. Because as university, I just thrown into the I don't know the career just like that. I think in my second week at university, I was sent on the field already to start reporting. I didn't know anything about reporting, but yeah, I was. <laughs> and then it was so nice listening to myself on the live radio when I was talking. <laughs> and then um, I think a month later. Outside data attracted as Vita Gay in Cape Coast. You can realize how here I was traveling in there already. Hi. Actually doing the journalism <laughs> thing. Exactly, exactly. So university ended after my two uh, universities ended and I moved to Radio SYZ, my national service. Mm-hmm. Even I worked closely with them. Um, before I did my studies there, I was working closely with Yango Fanka. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, someone recommended me to. Radio XYZ, and so I was working closely with Jacob Fanfra, and then until I left XYZ, I stayed there for my service. Two years later, I moved to Class FM to work with Tommy Jumajiman yeah. of GTV as well. So, and then after four years of Class FM, I was promoted again to CTFM, and then here I am, yeah. still hoping for the next uh, big thing wow. to happen. <laughs> I don't know about you, but Pichichi is making me feel that I wasted all my my sports knowledge in the TV room. Oh, Masa, you, when you were in University of Ghana, we all went to University of Ghana. You, Skobot, when you were in University of Ghana, it's just unnecessary argumentation, taking off your sets and making noise. <laughs> yes, that, that's really... His first journalism was in yeah. the TV room. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I met one of those guys. Who loved the studio as well, Kuki Bolasi. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love Kuki Bolasi. He came to join the university uh, sometimes. He did, I think, one year at the university. Oh. He was also a very loud guy at the Papong sports, uh, sports room and all that. Yeah. Uh, Kuki Bolasi is in the law school, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he's in law school now. He was, he was with me at um, university. And then we moved together to XYZ mm. for a service and all that, yeah. Um, so, Pichichi, so yeah. Um, I have a question. So, my, my question is, um, was sports journalism the main career goal for you when you entered it? Or you just wanted to do it as a side, side, side gig or something? Exactly. Was it the main goal? It's, no, it was supposed to be a side gig for me. It was supposed to be a side uh, gig for you, yeah. so right now it has taken over. Exactly. You know, sometimes the things don't really... Okay, it's of my backup plan, so I had it on my backup plan. So the idea was okay, do your normal courses, and then get a video of your backup plan. And then we know anyone that gets you the cash someday or a proper place someday, you just tag along. 
but I can always fall back on my main process someday if I get tired of this or maybe I want this to be my pattern again. Yeah. So okay. it's so, a backup, yeah. Okay, sure. So you've been doing this for I think ten years. You said twenty twelve and eleven hundred, you didn't start. So maybe let's say twenty thirteen you started. Yes, yes, I think I think yeah, twenty thirteen was when they added me for fifteen to the team. Yes. So this has been ten years right now. I, I, exactly. I for us the three year podcast, you are like right now, you are like the 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 highest individual we could interview. Like one of the Well how do you raise the poo mama? Hey, how do you raise the poo mama? Lipu Mama has been on the Zulia podcast before. Lipu Mama, wherever you are, but so far the camera is like camera. I would like to ask who is one of the what one of the best interviews or the most most popular or most important person you've ever interviewed so far in your ten year career. I think for Lipu Mama, I love I love her passion. You know, this is about passion, and I need to monitor her work. Traveling from Brekum to Kumasi. Yeah, she's traveling across the length and breadth of Ghana. Just to cover post content and all that, it tells me how passionate she is about what she's doing, yeah. and also I like I like her blend of the languages. There are days where she flows in tea for a tea audience. There are days oh. she does English for the English. <laughs> Chichi, let me tell you something about Lipu Mama. You know Lipu Mama is the only person who has two names. <laughs> she's called Adwa Kotoko on 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 tea shows, and she's called Lipu Mama on English shows. <laughs> they tear me fast. <laughs> I, I love I love that bit, and she doesn't miss out on sports panorama. She's yeah. always there yeah. to, to, to yeah. sports panorama. Yeah. So, so, so you said she's the most important, like one of the best, one of the best interviews you've ever. No, 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 no. Hey, that is your interview. Oh, okay. Yeah, I. It's actually we were near there. We uh, interesting to close conversation. Uh, I think there were some things they have to push me personally mm-hmm. uh, from how to do the commentary and all that. Listen, you have the argument the team of Ghana commentary teaching you how to go about it. Yes, and it is really for itself because right now it's the BBC, exactly. one of the biggest corporations around exactly. the world. Exactly, and I think that I'm, I was, I'm very privileged to be part of those um, few people to go to meet one on one, sit with him at home, listen wow. to the story. Teach you how things are done, inspire you in person, and all that. And I think my moments with him at the Halibutu will always be part of my story. George always did. I missed out on meeting him at the universe, but I followed up with China with Link and Listening to his story and all that, yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. So, okay, so um, I yeah. think that it's, it's, it was great catching up because sometimes it seems like just a name you don't know there's a story behind the name but one thing i do know about you is you are a barcelona fan i don't know how it happened why how did you become a barcelona fan how did you just wake up and become a barcelona oh, fan oh, oh well i think i think initially i don't admit initially i love real madrid i think the galactic uh, influenced me a little and um but then i saw Ronaldinho. And that was it. Yeah. Magical. I think it was one person who made me love Barcelona. Who made me switch from a Madrid boy to a Barca boy. It was Ronaldinho. Gaucho. The brilliant from the on the fifth inspired me so much. And I think that's uh, after a couple of games watching him. I think back then watching live like that game was difficult. But uh, we used to get a glimpse on Kamari boys. <laughs> yeah. and, and exactly. So once you get to watch Dino on Spotify, you're like, oh, 
the largest player and then he played for Barcelona so I fell in love gradually and here I am so strong as a backup fan I think then I'm not going to our, our precious Ghana league so <laughs> for example um, me personally I remember the first the first game I, I remember was I actually didn't know it was the core configuration cup second leg, first leg or second leg, first leg. Um, I went to visit an uncle and he just came back from the game. And he said how the folk had equalized in the last minute by a goal to Louis Fajiman. Mm-hmm. I think if you remember, and yeah. it was, I think it was 1-1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first encounter I had in the last four team. The second game I watched, I remember it ended 3-3. I couldn't remember the details, I was quite young, you know. <laughs> yes. But to me personally, I started following the Ghanaian League so well and 2009, 2010, when it was on GBS, I think GBS is to collaborate with Metro TV mm-hmm. to actually show some of the games. It's a popular commentary with Nana Ajeman, and the days of Uben Hansar, Samuel Afu, when has the focus at Mondeli, I think in 2009. Before Samuel Bedou came in at Mondeli, and the Mondeli in 2009, the list was so everywhere. I used to remember the names Uben Hansar, Kofi Abanga. Uh, I'm there was this yeah. uh, employer of our family, Kwabneni, and he was a die-hard Kim Faisal fan. I promise you, that guy was one of the reasons why I even got to know of the name Alaji Grusa. That's crazy. Even yeah. moving away from the house, Kotoko, he was a die-hard, and he had people, we had people in our area. And, and excuse my language, it was not like a Zongo area or a, a highly Islamic area. It was just a normal area, and we had crazy Kim Faisal fans there. So that should tell you how crazy at that time the Ghana League was. So, so my, my question is, I don't know, what what do you think has, has changed? Is this a matter of, yesterday you mentioned it on Sports Panorama, is it a matter of the broadcaster having an issue with the national broadcasters, the local broadcasters to to put the league everywhere for people to watch and get enthused about it? Or it's a matter of um, the coverage has dropped by the media, or it's a matter of um, it's not, the league is just no more attractive because we don't have very good players. Because I remember Kofi Abanga left for a big fee. Can I remember? I can't remember the team. Was it was it Faisal or Olympic? He was he was being chased by us. I can't remember where they left. And then there was a very big fee that they put Kofi Abanga for. Right now we don't hear that team in our league, and that's mm-hmm. very difficult to to know so many things about the league. We hear so many things about match fixing and all those things. Which is, which is deteriorating the name of the league and all that. So, I don't know, what do you think? What do you think has caused our league to become this this bad? It's not unattractive. Exactly. I think the one thing about football is that if the organizer cares about their product and they put in a lot of effort to make the product attractive, everyone will like the product. I don't want to go back to the early 2000s and the mid 2000s. Just, I'll just I'll just go some three or four years back to the COVID time. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you. Yes, remember this clearly. So I will not even go back as far as the early 2000s. I'll just start with COVID time, where from 2020 to 
2020, when the COVID start, everyone who was following the league then knew where the league was. We had attendance cut to just 25%. In, and I can tell you, behind the various stadium were masses of people mm -hmm. who were fighting security personnel to be allowed to enter into the various centers. This was COVID time off. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So, I'm sure COVID family guys were all I once sent, I think, Nathan or someone in City a video of, I don't even remember the Hearts Olympic game, the one which exactly. had Hatsunodoy yeah. come, the one with a, a stampede, that was during COVID time, and I was behind us, I had yeah. never seen a stampede or how it happens, exactly. and it was a COVID time, and yeah. so I'm imagining, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, so, so let's have this, this, this analysis just on the COVID time because probably it's very recent for us to just understand the perspective of how our league has just lost its interest. Now, you ask yourself what has happened. COVID time is just three years ago, just three years ago. And it tells you that in the last three years, instead of creating policy and doing things that will make the league grow, we've rather allowed the need to dwindle little by little, and then here we are with no interest from the market. Now, I think the first issue that has bothered the need that everyone can see is attendance. The sort of skewed attendance we need to see just the COVID time, when it was 25 percent, it had lots of people fighting officials to enter into the stadium, are not there anymore. Now, even open it uh, was a free game or even charge as low as five Ghana cities and no one even wants to go and watch the game. Three years down the line, this is where we are now. Attendance is bad. Half is playing a football game and you have less than thousand people at the stadium. Because of the game, the same situation, less than thousand people at the stadium. And people say, oh, it's because of how you are selling players. See, player exodus has always been in place. Mm -hmm. In COVID time, players were leaving. I can tell you half of what we were listening was for partner at that time. We were listening staff who were leaving from an abbey and who were leaving at that time. But people still took the stadium to watch. So the problem of player exodus is not a situation here, or it's not a big problem here. But it has always been happening, and Ghanaians still love their league. Now, what I feel the league is the perception out there that we fail to deal with. The perception out there that we fail to deal with. If you have a bad perception around the league and you fail to deal with perception, gradually the perception grows and then you can't find it anymore. This perception is about the match manipulative perception. And I thought that instead of doing much from the GSA to try and work on the perception the thoughts in, that people had about the league. We didn't do that. Pitches are not to go there because pitches have always been this bad. Mm -hmm. But we found a way to still play the league and make people love it. The person going to pass has always been this bad. We had brown parties sometimes, but people still love their league. You look at 
the wrestling. I don't think that first time that complain about sport association. We complain and complain and complain. Yeah. But what have we done about all this? So I think the perception around all this areas that we didn't work around is what has killed us now. So right now people wake up and like, oh, if the veteran has bad cases. Because for the past few years, we didn't improve on that. We didn't have to say the guys exist perception about our cases. Yeah. But it's easy, I have a question. Last people were complaining that oh, this meat has poor situation. What did we do? We didn't really do much to help improve the situation. People have been complaining for the past three years. And there we are, still also complaining. So once we have that association being constant over the last three years, it has now become a huge perception. And so it has been a whole set into what people describe as, oh, the journalist, yeah, the perception is that there's bad cases, there's much information, there's poor association, and so you know we're in a game before it starts. And I tell you, if people see you in a bad way for three consecutive years and you don't clear that perception, it gets to a point in time where they all give up on you. And we have a situation where Ghanaians have given up on the league. Now, you have some venues like the Takwa area, the DNA area. People should go and watch their games there because the perception there is on the low at the moment. It's high in a crime commerce. So, in a crime commerce, you see that sentence is bad. And that area is not that massive yet. And I think that it's high time that we try to invest more in our value to help clear this perception, do more to make people buy the product, see that, okay, the things we need to think about the league are no more there. Like, sure. I'm sure, let me ask you, the last time you guys watched a football game on, on TV, they're going to leave on TV. Where are you happy with what you saw? I think the last time I watched a Ghanaian match or anything was it wasn't even it was the president cup it wasn't even like watching even on football it's the pictures are not even attractive you can't even see the ball to start with and this whole start time thing Charlie Charlie it's just too much for me can I also say something what do you think I think maybe I'm going to see a new video next right yeah I also think football to be very honest definitely from what I've seen over the years football is not a possible business because we see big clubs making so much too many losses Every, almost every year, class make a lot of losses. Sometimes it's only a few times where they are overly successful and then they make profit and all that, or two players sales and all that. But my also issue is that I think the class too, or looking at the club like the Kotoko, Olympic, Asar, Kipo, Kinsaisa, they've all been at the height of Anil Kumo for so long, but they have nothing to show for it because looking at Mediama, Mediama is building their stadium. They can also have to make it attractive for their fans in their way to bring profit. If the stadium is going to give you a lifetime experience, sure. Uh, no, 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 that that. They, let me highlight that they, they invest their money and then. Sure. Okay, so I think that for Mediama, they have benefited from the fact that they have close ties to go through. 
Uh, I think the, the stadium that they are building is more like um, being funded hugely by their sponsors. So you understand it's an estimated cost of six million dollars. And uh, yes, and this is being funded by um, their sponsors that they go for because of their mining in that area. So it will more like exist the community. And media might benefit from that because that's the cloud of the community. Okay. Now, yes, I think Hat and Kotoko have also done similar long time ago because of how they've been in the system for a long time. Yes. Um, it looks like Hat of all, I think Public Affairs taking over has done so well with infrastructure. And uh, look at what they are doing at Pudiman with their old resources. I think the Pudiman project is a very huge one. Academy trying to get in pitches and all that training grounds and and all that for their team. It's a huge investment. Look at the house at the period that Sobia Fed is building for House of Folk. Another huge investment. So House of Folk have tried to improve their uh, investment in infrastructure, which is the way to go. So first of all, I think that there was a time when uh, Dr. Pani said proposed, or not, I think not Dr. Pani said, but there was a little proposal to try and get the Abanchetti Stadium. The owner protocol didn't really materialize, but it tells you that that idea has popped up before. There's been plans to try and get a stadium for protocol uh-huh. and all that, but they've just not been able to get it done and all that. But it's all in the pipeline, I'm sure as time goes, I'm going to get enough funds because once it's not, you need the club on its own to fund it, it's difficult. Our club, we don't have the resources like the Barcelona's and the Real Madrid to try and expand their stadium to build their own stadium. It has to be a partnership between the club and corporate Ghana, which so far has not happened. So I tend to understand why the club, like Hazen Protocol, don't have their own stadium as yeah. of now. It's yeah. not an easy investment. How many clubs in Ghana can cough out $6 million, $5 million on their own? Yeah, but, <laughs> I understand it, but it's, we, it's baffling because Kotoko and Hats and Kotoko also being tied to the Otu for um, asking the royalty in the Asante region, which is known yeah. for their minerals, their riches, and all that. This should be long over here. So, but looking at how Kotoko is run, the, 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 the Menshap Palace does not really pump that much into the club. <laughs> look at how Kotoko is run, it's normally given to a board chairman. So, you have Dr. Ramitay and all that. Talking about their um, their way of being run now, now, mm-hmm. a board chairman who is um, appointed by the palace is, is given a duration of years to try and fund the club, and, and then yeah, so it's not that the minister has this money there for you that when you come and take it off, you pump this money. No, you are giving ten million dollars to run the club. No, you the you the board chairman has to find ways to finance the club and all that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, it's, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different structure than the way the uh, foreign clubs are managed, where the foreign club is owned by a billionaire who pumps so much money into the club. Yeah, and not to interject, so, I have one yeah. final question so we move on for the league thing. I mean, Again, so, so you... for me, if our center is good, but our clubs are not good now, we don't have anything from what we have from those shows and all that. And yeah. I think that for the league, just so much, so much to do to get the league well. Or where it is, it's not good. So we need to do much. And it's it disappointing when you hear that one million Ghana cities was allocated to promotion and marketing, and we are still where we are. Because I know one million dollars is not a small amount. 
and you should have done better by creating a field awareness. Now we complain about not being able to assess the need, that's accessibility. And we raise concerns about how star clients alone covers the league. Because I think that if you want the league to grow, we need to allow more TV stations to have access to at least some of the diversity of the games and all that. And these are things that we need to do as a nation going forward. And yeah. also, as I said on Panorama, we need government intervention. The GFH is able to put together a solid plan to government that we need your support as well. If you can come in and help us with whatever policies, whatever financial support you can give us, like a what tax rebate for companies who come and fund the league. It is huge for the Ghana Premier League, but we need the GFK in the first place to try and put together a solid plan going forward. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's actually even baffling for me. I don't think there has ever been a house of folks uh, as I talk of farm park kind of a live match, showing them a live, showing, going to the campuses to show a live game in the form of a farm park, large screen, everybody can come and watch the league sponsors or something, just trying to do something to let people be engaged and watch the game. It's, exactly. it's, it's quite you know, disappointing. I think our clubs can stuff the long way to do. I remember on campus, uh, during half and Kotoko game on uh, Super Sports, you go to the TV room and the TV rooms are full. Mm-hmm. The students are watching House and Kotoko games and they're like, wow, you see, we love our House and Kotoko, we love our, our Ghana League, but things have not been done the right way for some time now. For me, I think that our problems didn't start now. The problem started a long time ago. A long time ago. And now, we are now feeling the effect of not dealing with the problem and dealing with the profession out there. Poor situation, poor pitches, bad refereeing started a long time ago and we thought that was with it for some time now. And now this is the negative effect. Until we deal with it now and take the perception out there, help people see that, okay, our pitches are now green. Help people see that, okay, the refereeing is not so the best, but it has improved. People gradually start going to the various match centers. And also, I think that we need to work on uh, even match centers. When you go there, the security there, the washrooms and all that, we need to improve on so many areas, which people love their league once again. It's actually one of the reasons why people don't feel safe at the stadiums mm-hmm. most of the time yeah. because of the security. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, some people too don't, especially for the women and the children, they don't feel safe. So they don't even want their children to go to the stadiums. Yeah. They don't want to be there themselves. Bichichi, my problem, or what I think, in my opinion, has been a problem when it comes to the leaguers. You, you mentioned the COVID time. And I think one fundamental thing about attracting people during the COVID time was because hearts were good. Hearts were playing some kind of good football. So when I go to the stadiums, the 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 people are just there. Olympics were they're also not doing bad at that time. So they were also there. And I even last season when Kotoko were being crowned the league winners, you saw the final game. The Kumasi Stadium was full with people with their lighters up. I think one problem, I think we've mentioned a lot of problems, but one problem is the two clubs who are kind of leading the flagship for Ghanaian football, the two clubs whose mates were Alali, the two clubs who were rivaling rivaling with the Asek Mimosas and the Tipi Mazembes, cannot even rival with Kotoku Royals these days. You get it? So, as a fan, as a fan, and Ghanaian fan base are very result-oriented fan base. So, yes, 
for example, there can be perception that the league is bad, there's bad refereeing, bad officiating, but once my club is doing well, I don't really care. So I think in a, I, I think I think I think the blame also goes onto the doorsteps of 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 of, of this because I saw somewhere the other time I had some Kotoko game playing there. Imagine it's right now it's unfathomable. You can't even think about it that Hasem Kotoko had played the Cup Champions League final in Ghana. Like well, it seems so far fetched, but this was something that was happening in the early two thousands. Exactly for 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 Hasem Kotoko and your problem. But for example, if I'm going to, we'll just it will not finish. Not today, but to sum it up, I think the, the two teams have shot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a passing decision that they are all, I don't know, the, the two teams are, are following. It's like crazy. Yeah. Sacking <laughs> coaches. Something that you think. Is it the sacking of coaches? Exactly. When has that something that you think that, oh, half is wrong? So, like, so, 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 the few teams have won, there's a lot of internal wrangling in half and Kotoko at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's full of half of folks at the moment, and I know that the fans are divided on as to the sort of support they get from their management. Mm-hmm. There are few personnels like so, um, Elijah Kambi, Vichetou Oduche. You know the fans are not happy that they are part of the management and board members and all that. Mm-hmm. So, we have the fans moving quite away from the club now. You don't get a sort of unity in itself sometimes ago when the fans were closer to the um, team more. Now, you look at another part where technically, the social making has been terrible. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I think that the biggest mistake they did was letting some of go. Because if you look at a team that has struggled for the past decade to win a league title, and finally get a coach to win the league or win a trophy every season and bring stability. It doesn't allow that coach to leave because of what? A poor part of results, right? Yeah. I thought that the decision to let somebody go and not replace him with a proper manager was when somebody left. The manager who came after having been top top manager. Yeah. Now look at the season where half fans can go and replicate what protocol did earlier by attacking their coach at training ground. So, the, uh, so leave. Me, I understand coach David Oku, and I tell you, anyone who follows David Oku knows that David Oku did not get to where Sakobedi got to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oku was a leader, he didn't really go well. He went to education. He went to Kotoko as assistant coach to mm-hmm. Dr. Odin. You don't make such manager leave your team for long stuff, thinking I was going to do well with Oku. No, you must do well with Oku. Oku is not. That top top manager yet. Protocol mm-hmm. have a similar story. You, you, you let a manager go and you have who won you the league to? So who long you who won you the league to? You don't and you don't bring in say the Zebo not really known across Africa. Zebo struggles a little and then you let him go. Abdullah Gazelle. So it's like assistant coach Gazelle for Protocol. The assistant coach. They have the clue for hard of yeah. My goodness, what you think? What are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. So, we get a passing here. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think for the future, you, you, go, you go to Kumasi, and there's always issues around Nanaya Ponsan. You hear Nanaya Ponsan is this, is that. You hear that he's not really in the best of relationships with the community and the board. 
lot of social rights and if you see Boko Haram, you have to this market going on. It disturbs everything. Players mm-hmm. complain sometimes about salaries and all that. And I don't know what. What things get long drama? <laughs> yeah. And in the long run, it affects the league as well. Yeah. And I I do see that if the two teams are doing well, the league prices up and all that. But <laughs> it, it, it just it goes beyond just how the football doing well as well. There are other factors, yeah. and I think this season. All the factors that doesn't help Ghana football are in place, and so that's what you see now. Okay, the league is terrible. So, like you said, if we are we, we cannot we can this is a never ending conversation. So we have to exactly. move on from the Ghana Premier League and then talk about the baby, the beautiful baby, the what Ghana football has become all about, the Black Stars of Ghana. <laughs> because basically, I, I that's what Ghana, uh, the Ghana Football Association has become all about. So, with the Black Stars, um, Black Stars come goes they go away to Mauritius, or yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Mauritania. Charlie, this MM names <laughs> Madagascar, they go away to Madagascar this um, um, this weekend. I had the opportunity to watch them train, I think, on Tuesday. Well, can you give us a little slide? Uh, detail into what's happening in the camp. What's I heard Gideon is Gideon is Gideon Mensa is injured. Um, what are the expectations for that match? Do you think Chris Hilton it can now we cannot be making excuses for him now? He's now familiar with the boys. Just give us a little bit, keep us uh, with give, <laughs> give us an update on what's going on with the Black Stars. Well, I, I think just as you highlighted, I said Gideon Mensa ruled out of the game through injury. Uh, the team has a clean bill of health. I like the fact that for the first time we have a Ghana based or local based player in the sport has since come to the winter of the team United. For me, I think he's in the team to try and learn. So he's, he's a young lad, 23 years of age, and so this is more like a learning curve for him around the Black Stars. Um, so that's, that's a good one for our league as well. Okay. I can say that. No local player is good enough to start for the Black Stars or to play competitively for the team. So for me, I would not expect Tom Kone to really feature in that game. I just think he will be another team to, to find a team to just train and all that. Now for expectations and all that, I think I expect the team to play better than they did against Angola. Mm-hmm. And I also expect the team to try and work on their finishing. Yeah. Look at the shooting's first two games against Angola. In Tomasi, it's called one goal. In Angola, Luanda, the game ended 1-1, but it's called one as well. So it's a goal per game. And I saw that playing against a team like Madagascar, who effectively will not qualify for the next outcome. And so we have nothing much to play, to play for a head five. We should be able to improve upon our, our finishing. I expect the team to score more than a goal and also to play better. I expect to see more combinations now. For me, he's been with the team well. He's been with the team for a long time now. He's been the team now yeah. longer. I think the honeymoon period has ended for him. Mm-hmm. We need to see more combinations. I think uh, I need to see a better Salis Pache combination. If we start a better Salis Ashmeru combination mm-hmm. on the pitch, I, I, I expect that the Black Stars will win this game. It's not negotiable. Yeah, it's win, not we beat we beat Madagascar three 0 in Ghana, so. I don't know. I, it's, it's a given. It's a given that we exactly. have to go with. 
Madagascar themselves have changed their manager, their head coach. Oh, okay. They start their former coach, Nicholas Dupuy, and they have a new coach now in uh, Coach Uhuru coming to take over for them. So they are, they, they are more like rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the Malagasy football, after Ahmad Ahmad's presidency at CAF, where they got to the quarterfinal of the AFCON in 2019, mm-hmm. we have football has rebuilt. Mm-hmm. They are no more the sort of Malagasy team that did so well at the AFCON. In the last AFCON, they didn't even do well to qualify. Here they are again, not qualifying for another AFCON. So they are facing a team that is not huge. Yeah. We had the Central African Republic going to beat them, three goals to nil, away from home. Mm-hmm. So it's a team that is not really top top. Yeah. And uh, I thought that Black Stars are steady to win this one and they must win. I expect um, NS Miyama. To play, to have some minutes in that game. Yeah, I watched him. I watched him. I watched him wipe the floor with um. What's 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 all right? I've forgotten. Uh, Dennis Odoi. Yeah, Dennis Odoi. Like I saw, I saw you people post it, but I saw it physically on the field. <laughs> it was it was sensational. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I just knows how to do his business on the pitch. I expect him to get some minutes for us to see how he fares at the Black Stars level. The first winter has done enough to start for the Bastards now. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen him on the bench a couple of times. I think, looking at our, our squad now, one of the players who have huge form now is the first winter. I expect him to start for the Blackstars. I, I think that's a weak position. And also, one huge question now is to just ask me how Andre Ayu will be used by association. He's yet to be played by the coach. Against Angola, we were told he's injured and so he'll not be mm-hmm. He's been caught up again, and yeah. so it's very important for us to see how Azia is in place for Christian. On the wings, it's very difficult because of how um, how many wingers we have now. I think we have a lot of wingers now. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the middle of the pitch, it's quite difficult. So I don't see Andre playing as a number eight for us or as a number ten. Mm-hmm. Because we have better number ten, number eight there. Unless he's playing behind the striker. Like, there more. Mm-hmm. Pate can equally play there. And so I think the only position now looks like the fourth line for him. Yeah. Because of the absence of United Williams. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that, that's the question I'll leave for this season. Let's see how the, the lineup will go. If he doesn't play Andre Ayu, then the message is clear that Andre is not part of the season's plan. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's my my date on the black Because if you're not playing think, against Madagascar, I, who do you expect to play against? If he's not if he's not if he's not playing against Madagascar, who do you expect to play against next? <laughs> like who who, exactly. who do you expect to play you as the day if you are not even getting to play against Madagascar? Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think for me, if if it's not, if it's not this Madagascar game, then maybe to be the next one against the Central African Republic in September. Yeah. If he doesn't play this game, then tells me that Andre Ayu is not really part of the Christian plan. But for the game proper, I don't expect Madagascar to really cause us huge problems. They are not that strong of a side anymore. They have, um, I don't know, they are a full shadow of the Madagascar team that we saw in 2019. So we should win that game comfortably. Okay. Um. So I think we can end all local things here and then just do a quick one two because we've not had the opportunity to talk about. Uh, Manchester City's treble win this season. Let's just let me just get your thoughts on it. Last week, 
Scobot and I, 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 I felt Inter was going to push this game to extra time and probably win on penalties. Scobot thought Man City is going to win outright during the full 90. And Scobot was right. Uh, my take on the game, as at last week by now, was I think Inter did very well. I think City were not that impressive. Uh, they just found their finishing touch when they had to. And it was due to one or two Inter errors I recognized. That is, they were not picking up the runners because before that ball could go back to Rodri, Ford, I don't know if it was Foden or Gundigan, he just had an easy run into the box and was not picked up. I think overall, all in all, just like people have said, City deserves the trouble because they've been outstanding throughout the season. But for that final, I don't see how Inter didn't force a tie. They had the opportunity to force the tie. They couldn't. And City just didn't, couldn't play their football. But all in all, it's an absolute banger of a season for City. And I think they deserve the treble. What I, what's your take on the treble winning of Manchester City? Well, I think there's no shame for Inter Milan to lose the final. For me, they were the better team on that day. Mm-hmm. City may have won a trophy. But the only time the final in Turkey, I think Inter Milan in 19 minutes were the better side. You look at tactically how... Simeone Zaghi set up his team. I think Sam Guerrilla had a very tough time. And for some bits of a poor finishing, Inter could have won the game. I think Lukaku had a very terrible game. Terrible, Lassan terrible Martinez game. finishing was also not the best. Mm-hmm. But I look at the final where Inter had four, three shots, six on target. The City seven and four on target. It's not that City, uh, Inter Milan were clearly dominant on that day mm-hmm. in terms of presence created and all that. And kudos to Simeone Zaghi for creating such tactical masterpiece. There was a point in, in, in the game where Daniela was brought with me. All right. All right. Yeah, it, it just reflects himself when he reflects on the final and he, he knows he survived because of poor finishing, not because yeah. they were the better team yeah. against Inter Milan. Mm-hmm. But overall, as you said, rating in the stars, I saw that uh, for City, it was just a matter of uh, destiny being on their side because after that final defeat to Chelsea in 2021, it was just a matter of uh, just getting a hand on the trophy. A similar, a similar um, story of Lionel Messi, who lost the 2018 World Cup. Sometimes some things are just written in the stars. It's just a time to just win it. Mm-hmm. Even when you play badly on the final day. And for the club, I think that for this season, yes, Pep has built a very good Manchester team. Take nothing from them. But it's probably been a season where the other top teams have also been mediocre. Yes. Let's put that in perspective. Absolutely. The teams to try and compete with City and give them a run for their money, most of the teams have been mediocre. Man City have been from a, a, a season where Liverpool have not been Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Chelsea have just been, a, I don't know, pathetic. <laughs> Look at. I think, I think we said this on the previous podcast too. The teams have been pathetic. Yeah. If Arsenal is the one stepping up to you, then that means ah, oui. oh, you are. <laughs> that means the rest of the teams have fallen off. Oh, so, you are. so I think that they can join from that. Because if there's no one out there to give them the rest of their money, then it's the best season for them to get their hands on the treble. Man United, I think that Eric can have you doing something magical, but they are not there yet. Even in Europe, you look at Angelotti in the second season, that he normally do well for, for, for his club. You can say that record. Barcelona, my goodness, it's not the Barcelona that and, and, and it's telling for a team that has won the La Liga and still nobody really seems to be impressed. But they've won exactly. the La Liga. 
I mean, yeah. it, it has fallen so, off. So for city, it's a difficult for them because if they didn't win the travel this season, it's very difficult because the average project not good enough this season. So it's a good one for Pep Guardiola, beating Arsenal to the Premier League, beating Man United to the FA Cup, and beating Inter Milan to the East Coast Final. They may not have been the best team in the final. Mm-hmm. They just had to. They lack just win the finals and all that. And today for them. I don't think they can repeat it again next season, but for now they are the champions, and so they must enjoy their moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So before I let you go, um, this is a fun request um, about advice you have for people who want to get into the sports industry and are aspiring to be sports journalists. What's your two cents for them? Mm. So I think it all starts with passion. So if you don't have passion, you just cannot do it. I'm sure. For you, baby, for yourself, if you're so passionate about the, about sports, even though you may not have the chance to do full time. So, let's keep in this passion. And, uh, for some of us, I think that we were fortunate as well. We had a clear plan, and, uh, our parents also supported us. Not yeah. all parents allow you to just be a sports journalist. Mm-hmm. Some will tell you, no, 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 no. You have to, uh, pursue it as a, a hobby and all that. For me, the plan was to have it as a backup. And it became the main um, profession. Now, you know, things can change later. But for anyone who wants, who wants to also get into it, you just have to get a passion, know the, the plan that you have, get there. Um, you need network as well. You need, you need network. I think it's very key. Yeah. Because you can be an isolated journalist. You need to know people who can help you grow wherever you are. So you have to create the best of connections to link up. And then look for the best platform to be on, mm-hmm. because that's how you grow. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was fortunate to be linked to the top top guys, even when I was at university and all that. So networking is also important for you. And then you do this every day. I tell people, sport is every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sport is every day. I, I I can tell people I read sports stories. I I listen to sports content every day. There's no day that that passes without me listening to it. Yeah. It's every time on my phone, you see me reading something sports related. My free time, I listen to it. TV, when I get a chance, I watch. So, you, I think, I think you're so powerful every day. You do something sports related. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that's where we are now. You don't, yeah, you just, just keep doing what you are doing. And the connection to create will, will lead you to the next path and all that, yeah. yeah. It was lovely having you on the podcast. The podcast is going to be up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And any other podcasting media so i guess our viewers already know where to find us thank you for coming on uh Mivans. we will link up thank and then we will talk more we, we are hoping to have <laughs> it's the sulia podcast we are hoping to have we are hoping to have more content in person and have like live audience a live show that's the next thing we are working on so we are hoping to have you on when we start that project thank you very much and God richly bless you. Keep on doing what you are doing. And we'll be listening to you on City 97.3 now and then. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I need to go and get out my banter with this movie. <laughs> more yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Charlie, we will link up. All the best. All right, all right. Thank you. Right. Lovely ladies and gentlemen, if you did enjoy this episode of the Sulia Podcast, you can subscribe to the Sulia Podcast on Spotify, Apple Pod, Anchor, CastBox, Google Podcasts, in any other place where you get your podcast.
boy. 